So in this practice, to realize the end of suffering, we practice to walk the path, to bring the mind to see the Dhamma, to attain to the Dhamma. In the beginning, we hope to see the Dhamma. Where is the Dhamma? The Dhamma is here in this body and mind. It's a condition of nature. It's the truth of the way things are. We look at the trees, the rivers, mountains, all the various things that humans make. They're material dhammas, but they're material dhammas that don't have minds, don't have jittas born into them. We look at the body, the rupa, the material body of animals, different uh, beings, this has a mind or consciousness that clings to it. So this evening we listen to the Abhidhamma, which means the Dhamma that's the highest, most refined, subtle, and deep about the Rupa Khanda and Nama Khandas, the five Khandas. So in the beginning there is the Rupa Khanda the material form, khanda, this word khanda meaning heap or pile, so the heap of material form, a heap of earth, air, fire and water, whether subtle or coarse, far or near, inner or outer, past, present or future, this is all what we call material form or rupa. And what is the nature of this materiality. It's impermanent, stressful, not-self, anicca, dukkha, anatta. So we study this, we chant it, we recollect it, and we're able to think, to form the thought that material form is impermanent, stressful, and not-self. But the mind doesn't yet know that. The mind still clings to material form as permanent, source of happiness and self, and it clings to it as permanent, a source of happiness and self, and clings to it with Sakaya Ditti, a personality view, which is deeply embedded in the heart. So the mind clings to this very firmly, that material form is permanent, self, and a source of happiness. So we need to practice and train the mind in samatha, tranquility, to bring the mind to peace and samadhi, to make the mind firmly established. And we can ask, well, how long should we do vipassana practice then? So we can sit and practice samatha, or bring the mind to samadhi, and in a given hour of meditation, the mind might be peaceful for five minutes, but it's also possible that the mind can be peaceful for the whole hour, a whole day, a whole month of stillness and emptiness. But this vipassana, we don't need to do it all the time. When the mind's peaceful in samadhi, then we can practice vipassana, a clear seeing, wisdom arises right there. We contemplate the body, all materiality and all mental phenomena as well. So we use wisdom, we can use 
uh, thinking, contemplating, to understand that it's not self, to see it all as impermanent suffering and not self. When we're able to see more deeply, then we see the Dhamma, we see the truth. We separate out this material form and see it as not beautiful. However much we see it as not beautiful, and our mind is very bright and radiant, if we see material form as beautiful, then the mind is sad and uncomfortable and constricted, not at ease, not happy or relaxed. But if we see material form as not beautiful, then the mind is relaxed and happy and radiant. We see the body as just earth, air, fire, and water, and the mind is very radiant and bright. So we contemplate this body to bring the mind to understand that it's empty. So the mind starts with wrong view, with wrong understanding, this view of Sakaya Didi, personality view. So we need to gradually cut away at that personality view. So even from the very beginning, we start cutting away at the personality view. We cut away at it bit by bit, bring about clear seeing bit by bit, a little bit at a time, starting with generosity and sila, virtue. We're cutting away at our wrong views bit by bit. It's not yet to the core essence of Dhamma. We use samadhi to control the defilements, to suppress the defilements. There's still a sense of self there, but it's less, more refined. And we use wisdom to contemplate material form as not self, not me, mine, you or yours. The body is just the body. It's not self, not me or mine. So we've heard about the four foundations of mindfulness. I read that text, but we don't understand how it is. How is it not me or mine, you or yours, not a being, not a self? What is that? We don't understand. So we need to bring the mind to samadhi, to peace and collectedness, to contemplate, to see it clearly for ourselves in order to cut away at the wrong view, to bring the mind to emptiness, to give rise to clear knowing, and belief becomes more firm and strong. And we bring the mind to samadhi again, contemplate again, cut away at the defilements again, bring the mind to emptiness again. And this is the way to see the Dhamma, that which is subtle, profound and deep, there's no need to doubt about this. So may you practice and train in this. Then you start to understand that liberation, vimuti, and see that everything in the world has no value. It's all impermanent and not lasting. But we understand that we can't just go without all the things of the world. We need to use them, rely on them temporarily in order to live in this world. But we understand that seeking the Dhamma is that which is important. So we practice to give rise to clear knowing, to jnana, to insight, to see 
conditioned formations arise and cease. To see that all beings must die, everything must pass away, that these lives that we have, it's like a fire, the fires of old age, sickness and death are burning every day. One day we must die, must get sick, but really this fire, this burning, it's happening every single day. It's like being in a house that's on fire. We see it burning all around us. We see that it's hot. And so we run and escape from that. But we don't see it. We don't see death. We don't see these fires, this burning clearly. So we need to practice to see the truth of our situation to see that it's hot, that it's burning. So we seek out that which is cool, to make the mind cool in samadhi and firm establishment, to give rise to wisdom in order to cut away at the defilements, to contemplate the body in order to see the Dhamma. It's not beyond our ability to do this. We keep cutting away at the defilements, at these wrong views bit by bit a little bit at a time, to cut away at that which ties us down. So we can say, for example, as a simile, let's say there's 180 threads that are tying us down, and we cut them away one at a time. And then within six months, we'll be able to see the Dhamma clearly and go beyond doubt. We see that the Buddha is right here, we don't doubt about it, that the awakened disciples, the sawakas of the Buddha are just like this, and we don't doubt about that. But in the beginning, we need to have effort and perseverance, and keep practicing. It goes according to our character development, our past development, whether it's slow or fast. But in whatever case, we practice restraint, not to fall into liking or disliking, but to care for the mind, to have a lot of mindfulness. And then in no long time, you'll be able to see the Dhamma. Just like we chant the Abhidhamma, the High Supreme Dhamma, who contemplate it, this material form, this body, that outer body, hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin, and the inner body, well, what is there inside? We see just the outside and we think it's beautiful, but then we can reflect, well, if, if it's like that, why do we need to clean it? Why do we need to brush the teeth, clean the hair, wash the body, shower? Why do we need to wash our clothing? We take some clean clothing, and wear it, and in no long time it's dirty. Well, why is that? Well, it's because it's touching something that's dirty, which is this body. So we see that the body is truly unclean, truly uh, dirty. But the mind that's not peaceful doesn't understand this. It thinks that the body is beautiful. So this is the mind that's lost, that's deceived. The eye just sees on the outer level, and sees the outer and thinks that it's beautiful and clings to that. So the mind 
lacks the strength and sees it as beautiful, grabs onto it as beautiful. This is the mind that's not peaceful. So we need to restrain the mind to bring it to peace and collectedness in order to contemplate, to see the inner body, like the bones, the skeleton, to see the body in the body, the outer body of one's own body or others. We see, well, what is there? What's it made out of? It's a bag of skin filled with various things, various dirty things. And various dirty things come out of the body every day, constantly. So we contemplate to see this bit by bit, a little bit at a time, do this every day. Contemplate using our meditation object, our kamatana, to bring the mind to peace. And then we can contemplate easily. If the mind's not peaceful, then we can't see. So we can use a subha kamatana to bring the mind to peace. Or we can use another meditation object to bring the mind to peace and then contemplate a subha, the not beautiful aspects of the body. If the mind has good strength, then it can see the body is not beautiful this makes the mind beautiful, to see clearly these four elements, to see emptiness, to cut away at the defilements, to understand clearly this is something that's not difficult, to realize Savaka Buddha, or awakened discipleship. We can look at the example of Venerable Siwali when he was first shaving his hair to ordain before the first clump of hair even hit the ground, he realized stream entry, because he had trained his mind for a long time already, and he realized deep samadhi and deep uh, abhinya, deep psychic power, psychic ability. He had the spiritual faculties very well developed, very strong, these five powers, faith, uh, energy, mindfulness, samadhi and wisdom, very strong. So if our spiritual faculties aren't yet strong, if they're only a little, we patiently endure. And this knowing that arises, it's not on the level of thought. It's what we call bhavana maya panya, the wisdom that comes from meditation, that comes from mental cultivation. This is something that's deep, and it brings the mind to be able to destroy the delusion in the heart, to destroy the Sakayadidi personality view, to destroy the clinging to rites and rituals, the clinging to skeptical doubt, destroying these first three fetters. And this is something that one knows for oneself, and then one has firm belief and faith in the path of practice. So it's just like we've learned and understood from our great mother, father, great teachers, like Venerable Ajahn Chah, Venerable Ajahn Tongrat, Venerable Ajahn Ginari, the two teachers of Venerable Ajahn Chah. So they taught to have virtue, to have restraint, have perseverance and effort and striving to keep practicing and to do it a lot. 
in order to bring about wisdom, in order to see the Dhamma. <laughs> 